uh, one operator would be seeing around between anywhere between 20 to 30 patients per morning, which is really a lot. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, at first I was like, whoa, okay, what's this? And you got to be doing like on the spot scaling and filling within that, that time period as well. So it's like from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. you would be seeing between 20 to 30 patients. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's uh, it's definitely very different from the UK and Welcome back to Two Plus in the Pod. I'm Jessica and I'm Candice and today we have a special guest. She's my best best friend from what well, how how long have we known each other for? Like mm-hmm. since over eight years old. 10, yeah. Oh uh, that's good. Fourteen years. So we are What? Yeah, what known fourteen each other years is nineteen years, my dear. Four nineteen? Yeah. No way! Oh You're old what? now. <laughs> Fuck! Nineteen? Yeah, it's nineteen. Are you serious? Hmm, next year's gonna be yeah, 10 years. Oh, what? Oh my I'm god, old? you can't math anymore, you're even Asian. <laughs> yeah, you're old, you know. <laughs> Shit! Okay, yeah, hmm. so we've known each other for 19 years. Oh my god, yeah, long, long time. Yeah, so that's Dr. Jolene Kaur. You want Hi. to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Jolene. Uh, well, it's so weird to call myself Dr. Jolene Cole, can you please? No, no, it's, it's so weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, yeah, but uh, I am a dentist <laughs> and I'm currently in, uh, based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Mm, very happy and proud to be invited to be on this podcast. So Jolene did her dentistry degree in King's College in London. Do you want to talk about your uni life and why did you choose dentistry? Yeah, your, and your student life in general. Okay. Mm, yeah, I mean, well, King's was, I don't know if it still is, but it is, it was mm, the top number one dental school in the world, I think, last year. Yeah, before, before COVID. That was definitely before COVID. Now I'm not too sure anymore. Do they still have rankings during COVID? Probably not. Not sure. But yeah, but yeah it's, it's thrilling for sure. At first when you get the offer, it's like, oh my gosh, I think it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit, it feels a little bit foreign at first. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to live out for like five years. But it's like so yeah. exciting because at first, I, I really love it. Because, you know, being away and independent for the first time of my life, being away from family as, you know, you guys spoke about it during a previous podcast as well. Being away is so like exciting so much fun but obviously it's like tend to miss a lot of the like the, all the food the family and the friends that like they're back at home because like when i did my a levels somehow everyone ended up going to australia and i'm like not not a lot of us came to the uk yeah i think there's something about being away from a familiar place as well that makes it like really easy for you to jump out of your comfort zone so when you are like away it's like whoa now no one really knows who i am <laughs> or like no one really knows who you were before so it's like whoa now i can do whatever i want you to can do, do whatever you I want mean, not really but <laughs> but yes but in a way yes fun it was a really good five years and yeah but why dentistry wow i think it's a good mix of art and science which is how I see it because it's like it's really sciencey obviously it's like I mean, dentistry it's like it's different in the sense that it's 
it requires a lot of like uh, work with your hands. So I have always been someone who really like art. So that's kind of mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of you're a very artsy person. Hmm. Well, some days, <laughs> not always, but yeah, but it's it's been really fun. It's really interesting, and I think. But if I am given a choice again, I don't know if I really choose dentistry. Although I really love it, not to say I dislike it. Maybe just cause it's like such an expensive degree, and mm-hmm. the thing is, it doesn't end with the degree. There's so many other courses that you um have to be taking after you graduate, and they are all so expensive. So expensive. Yeah, so it's like. I think a lot of people didn't really like have that insight before entering this degree. Uh, um, most people just think that you know you're a dentist. Oh my gosh, you must be hella rich. Um, not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not your thought. Yeah, yeah, that's not your thought. But I mean, like everyone would think so. It's kind of the same with like um the traditional um misperception with like being doctors as well. I mean, doctors now are like hella poor. So <laughs> it's it's really it's really the same, yeah. No, really, fresh graduate. I I'm not gonna lie here. I think you can ask anyone. Like even I, regardless of whether they are working in the UK or in Malaysia, doctors are kind of hella poor, and it's really it's really really reflecting that in our current society now that there are so many people taking this degree. It's slowly becoming an issue. But yeah, yeah, and still it's still a very oversaturated. yeah, it's definitely oversaturated. But it's still a very exciting uh, degree, nonetheless. I'm not trying to <laughs> discourage anyone from taking this degree, uh, subtly, but not really. Okay, no. <laughs> 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 but yeah. So. So how was your how was your uni experience like? Did you enjoy it? And what was like the fun part? Is there like any extracurricular that you did? My uni life. <laughs> It feels so distant now, even though I've only graduated like slightly under two years ago. Oh, it's exactly two years ago. Oh my gosh, it's July. Oh my gosh, it feels so distant. But it was really fun times. Mm. I did a lot of traveling. I experienced a lot of things that I haven't experienced before. I think like we are all very blessed, all three of us, that like we we went to a foreign country and and that and. UK as well, and that gives us a lot of like opportunity to travel, a lot of opportunity to try out new stuffs, and obviously being in London, it's always exciting. There's so many things yeah. to do in London. You never run out of things to do. You just run out of money, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah, you you didn't you really never run out of things to do. It's always something, but. Yeah, uni life has been exciting. I uh yeah, I joined Envoice. <laughs> um, that yeah, was like did. yeah, it was also kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone. So it's like you know you get to do whatever the fuck you want to do because it was like you no one really knows you that much. Yeah. yeah, and it was fun. I made a lot of friends. Uh, some of whom I still like keep in touch with like right now every now and then. And it was a really great experience. I work part time every now and then as well, and it's like I mean I took up a lot of different jobs. Ha! Huh. The first one being uh waitressing in Chinatown, which is definitely not expensive. <laughs> yeah. It's like less than minimum wage, and like you, I don't know. I think I did like ten to fifteen thousand steps a day at the time. I don't know. Wow! Like, like just running around, sending food. <laughs> How is that exciting? But yeah, it's 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 good in the sense that I get free food. Um, and it's mm-hmm. a Japanese restaurant that opens six three hundred and sixty four days per year. Um, they only close for one day, which is the first day of Chinese New Year. Mm, 
I mean, oh, not even on Christmas. Not even on. They Christmas. open on Christmas. Not even on Christmas. <gasps> I mean, the it's boss is oh. Japanese, so um, I don't want to be stereotypical here. But I mean, Japanese working culture is kind of yeah like that. Intense. So, so yeah, it was it was fun though. There's so much food. I'm always being fed, so it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I worked the union ambassador as well, just like you all. Oh no, Jess. No, I was very lazy until towards the end because I really needed the cash. <laughs> Lol. Because oh, <laughs> okay. rental became too expensive. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, mm. like the rental in London is crazy compared mm. to what we are paying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. definitely. How mm. much do you pay a month? Uh, I remember it being a thousand my final year. A thousand. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost a thousand. Yeah, something like that. So. Did you rent with friends or was it in school? Yeah, I rented with friends because it's like okay, um, this is a sad case, but not everyone has the same experience. So please don't take it from me. <laughs> Lol, I signed up for student accommodation on the first year, and I got somewhere who's like, which is like forty minute bus ride away from campus. Oh, which I is remember. Like in Champ- zone two. Was it Champion Hill? Yeah, it's Champion Hill. It's in. It's yeah, see, I remember. Yeah. It, there was Fox. <laughs> it's at Champion Hill, and then yeah, you went in the Fox there. Oh my god, it, the place is literally there's a restaurant. No, there's a pub there called Fox on the Hill. Oh, good memories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of. It's not totally impossible to do the journey. It's just a little bit like too much. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially the fact that it's not very cheap as well, and it's in Zone Two. So I'm like, okay, nah, I'm just gonna move somewhere closer so I moved out of student accommodation and yeah even in my first year itself so I found someone to replace my my place yeah and then I moved out and lived with uh, some other Malaysians and it was really good for uh, until I was in fourth year then one of us graduated so in final year I um, my friend and I just both of us we were like you know, you can't be asked to look for a third flatmate. <laughs> it's like so much work li- living with someone new and then you're like, oh, needing to get to know each other again and it's in final year. It's mm-hmm. like, nah, not gonna take all this shit. So we just rented a place, just the two of us. And in London, if you just rent a two-bedroom, it usually comes with a living room, which makes it a lot more expensive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most rooms have like two rooms and a living room and a living room is converted into a room. So that explains mm-hmm. the rent in final year. Hmm, it's quite a big increase. But it was nice. It was yeah. a nice place. But yeah, your accommodation was nice. It's my free London Airbnb. Yes, yes. <laughs> when you were the, when you were in London, that's my <laughs> that's my Airbnb host right here <laughs> for free though. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no. my god! We should talk about your stories in London one day. <laughs> Oh, oh that's my too, god! Too many, um, too many mysteries. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jess's stories in London is always like my best party stories. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> like, me. I always tell people stories about her during parties, and it's like the best stories. Everyone just laugh out loud like crazy. But yeah. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Mm. Uni was fun. On your final year, remember you went to ch- Chicago. For your competition, mm, that was what? after so what I was graduated. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's actually uh, yeah, basically. Oh yeah, after you went back home, mm-hmm. and then you come back. Yeah, it was a clinical skills competition, and I I was actually really really lucky, and I don't even know how I got got it. It was like you're um, just good. Just no, it, it's something I actually. I mean, technically, 
it, the award says the best clinical skills in the cohort, but it's not really because it's like um, the competition was limited to 20 participants and it's like a first come first serve sign up basis. So I signed up for it and I'm like, oh yeah, let's just see how good I am with my crown prep. And then I prepped it and they're like, oh yeah, you got a first place. And then, and then I got to go to Edinburgh for like the uh, national heat. And I lost, <laughs> lol. But yeah, it was a really good experience uh, in Edinburgh. I got to meet so many people. And then that year, that same year, I met uh, two other Malaysian dentists and a Singaporean dentist in the same heat. And it's like a national yeah. heat. So everyone was like, wow, so proud. But yeah, you know, <laughs> when you see other Southeast Asians there, then you're like, oh my God. But yeah, it was really, yeah. really good times. And yeah, and then um, what happened was that there was a lecturer at King's uh, who was really, really generous and he came out with like a prize to encourage people to join this competition so uh, he was gonna sponsor a trip to the Chicago mid-winter meeting um, for the winner so yeah and I thought I initially thought I was gonna go in my final year but he told me that like I would gain a lot more if I had gone after I started working but I told him that like I would have been in Malaysia at the time and he was like oh it's okay uh, we'll still uh, try and bear the cost just like do calculations and everything so so yeah so I did so I flew from Malaysia and I got to do a stop over in London and met, met some of my friends so, so it was a really really good trip and I was really lucky that because that was like a month before the whole COVID thing blew up and oh. yeah yeah it was February 2020 yeah Oh. Before all this shit So very around. recent Yeah so when I was like yeah, So you still, still get to escape And travel Yeah in, in fact I actually brought like an N95 mask with me on the plane Cause I was like super gassy You know <laughs> then, <laughs> then I was the only one wearing a normal surgical mask on the plane And because I'm Asian Everyone's looking at me Cause at the time it was like already starting As if you have COVID Yeah yeah so everyone's yeah. like Oh my gosh you've got COVID Yeah so the moment you see an Asian face with a mask You're like oh my god You're tagged yeah, in fact, the, I think B, the BA staff at Chicago Airport asked me so many times if I've been to China, Singapore, or whatever in the past two weeks. And I'm like, no, I've been in Malaysia the whole time. Then he was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. So yeah, that was a good experience well, though in Chicago. Chicago was- so after you finish your degree, which is five years, mm. did you go back to Malaysia straight away or did you stay here and work? Mm, I actually did. Uh, because, I mean, a lot of people ask me that question when I was back. You're like, why did you come home? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a pretty obvious question to ask like, for a lot of people. So I'm like, uh, yeah, it's, I came home because I was on like, a scholarship. So I had to finish off my contract with the government. So I came home to straight away after graduation. And yeah, I've been working for almost two years now. Two years coming October in Malaysia. Do you qualify straight away as a dentist after you graduate or do you have to do training first? Mm, in Malaysia, it's uh, basically, there's no entry exam as of now yet. How it works is that uh, you would register the Malaysian Dental Council and then you would work in, uh, at a government clinic for a year, which is the compulsory service, but you're given a three-year contract to begin with so you can break any time after the one year if you're not bonded mm-hmm. it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so it's a minimum mm-hmm. of one year for you to qualify as a dentist and then you can work anywhere you want to technically yeah so do you enjoy your work as a dentist mm, 
I, I do, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I pick dentistry and I really like it. And I do really enjoy it. Although right now, it's a little bit weird. It's quite different since COVID. I guess I'm really lucky I started working before COVID happened. Because it's like, I think all, all my juniors who started working after COVID have had like a different experience. Because um, obviously with like different precautions and uh, the availability of PPEs, uh, the amount of patients you're seeing will be uh, dramatically reduced. And before that, M Malaysia, oh, let's just start by saying that in Malaysia, the government dental clinic is very much like uh, the emergency dental services in the UK. So we don't see patients on an appointment basis. And uh, most of the time, patients come in and they request for something like, I want to have scaling, I want to have filling, I want. I have a pain, painful tooth somewhere. Most of the time I have a painful tooth somewhere because people only visit the dentist when they have pain most of the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you sort that issue out and then you try and book them in for following treatments which they may or may not turn up because people usually just come in for what's the most when they have pain. So yeah, it's quite different. Uh, in that sense, uh, I think before COVID, some clinics, uh, most clinics actually, uh, one operator would be seeing around between anywhere between 20 to 30 patients per morning, which is really a lot. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, at first I was like, Whoa, okay, what's this? And you're going to be doing like on the spot scaling and filling within that that time period as well. So it's like from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. you'd be seeing between 20 to 30 patients. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's uh, it's definitely very different from the UK. And at first I really dreaded it because it's like, you know, there's no quality of work. It's all just with the speed and you don't get to establish rapport with patients. It's so different from the UK. And like back, in, back at King's, we were taught so much in terms of like communication. It was so important. And yeah, I think the way they educated us in the UK was a lot different than the way we were uh, trained in, uh, the way they, my peers were trained in Malaysia or that now I am trained in my training in Malaysia. In Malaysia, communication doesn't really matter that much <laughs> in government practice, obviously in private communication matters. It's, it's very different, yeah. It's definitely a very huge jump. Over here, it's more towards, I'll fix whatever issue you have. It's like we are, we are, we are not a, uh, dentist a compassionate dentist I don't have time to be compassionate towards you <laughs> it's like we, mm -hmm. yeah you, you only have time to fix the problem that they have which is mm -hmm. a little bit sad but along the way in my first year I realised that I actually gained a lot of like skills-based experience because when you when you are forced to not forced to but when you have to forced to sounds too bad when you have to pull out say 15 teeth per morning you get better at it very quickly and if, when you have to do things under a certain pressure you brush up your skills a lot quicker obviously that's not the ideal and i think a lot of us a lot of us dentists um regardless of where you where they are where we are at are slowly moving towards uh, providing slow and quality dentistry for our patients which is obviously it's the ideal but it's not really possible in the government setting yet in malaysia that would take quite a while for us to achieve that, but I'm not going to go into that it's very political and yeah, <laughs> a lot of policy-based issues. So nah, yeah, but then yeah, it's, it's definitely very different. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I've come to kind of 
um, realized that eventually once I've progressed uh, now that in my I'm in my second year I've I, I've known I've kind of like established what kind of line I can and cannot cross in terms of like my own ethics it's like things things like I know this feeling will take a while for me to do then I will actually put this patient onto my appointment instead of like doing it on the spot so it's like mm, things like that you slowly establish your own conscience <laughs> yeah and make decisions based on that yeah there, there must be a line yeah if not you slowly kind of lose your practice or what you've been taught and it's it will be kind of sad when you lose that I, I'm not gonna lie I was like a, in a little bit of a dilemma when I went to Chicago I spoke with like I, I met with some of my lecturers there when I was in Chicago and they were like oh my god what kind of dentistry are you practicing and I was like I was really like I was quite down yeah at the time I was like telling them about what kind of dentition I'm pra- that I'm practicing and they're just like shocked mm. can you imagine why is yeah. that is it because of the work culture mm. and it's just the volume I think it's the sheer volume of it oh right yeah and, oh, right, yeah, okay. and then they're, they're like they were like oh my gosh she's treating like 20 to 30 patients a, uh, a morning not even a day <laughs> yeah what's yeah. that like but I think it, they have it worse in certain countries and they had it wor- a lot worse back then in Malaysia and I think yeah. I've slowly kind of established a line. So yeah, I think I think once you establish that, you won't feel so bad anymore. Because <laughs> it's like you mm-hmm. know that you are providing the best for your patient in that situation that you're in. So what do you have to do to adjust your work ethic from working in the UK and then back to Malaysia? Like, What do you have to do to adjust in order to adapt? Mm. That's like so in terms much. of work ethic, work culture, or <laughs> it's it's definitely different. It's those it's so much. It's so much. Definitely a lot. It's in terms of dental materials, it's definitely uh a little bit more limited here. It's actually like <laughs> very different uh, in terms of being at uni and out of uni. So regardless mm-hmm. of where you end up at outside of uni, it's always going to be different. So uni, you have all mm-hmm. the best equipments and materials. Obviously, being at Guy's Hospital in London, it was like you have we were living so lavishly. We have everything, <laughs> and it's like yeah, mm-hmm. and literally the infection control was gold standard. Everything was like we were taught well, and we have all the resources we need to do it to do a good work, to do a good job. But when you go to a much more, um, re- I mean, resource-wise, much more limited environment, uh, you have to kind of work around what you have and the things that you don't have, you try your, ba- you try your best to provide for your patients still. Mm-hmm. Mm, there will be certain adaptations that you need to do and uh, obviously um, you, ha- you have to be a little bit innovative at times. But... Yeah, in terms of infor- infection control, actually, I mean, in Malaysia, it's not that bad. It's quite, it's quite okay. Yeah, it's quite good. Mm, so in terms of that, it's still okay. It's just in terms of, mm, let me just put it in simple sentence. It's like when I was in London, if a patient uh, requires a crown, then I would provide them with, say, the best choice possible, which is like a gold crown. Yeah, in London we do we do in at Guys Hospital we do provide gold crowns or um even the most expensive uh porcelain crowns, and the Which patients gold crown, wouldn't like, have literally to pay. gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's basically it's a certain amount of gold like It's not like ninety nine percent that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but wow. it's a certain amount of gold. Yes, for sure. But yeah, but in over here you definitely can't 
provide that option. I won't even tell my patient that they have that option because they don't. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, they don't because uh, yeah. So it's like it's very different in terms of the thing about dentistry is that it's fun in a way that there are so many options. If they if a patient sees different different practitioner, they would have like different. Uh, ideas and thoughts of how to treat one patient which makes it exciting and interesting but then it comes down to when I'm in this situation whereby the resources are quite limited I can't provide certain options so that is where your your ethics come in you're like this tooth can be saved if it's in a better environment but in this environment this tooth cannot be saved yeah so I have to tell the patient that oh no I can't save this tooth I'll have to pull it out but the patient wouldn't ask me questions that's the problem with uh uh, mm. uh, Malaysia, yeah, because then it's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing in the sense that you know how in the UK we always talk about how um, we don't like when patients are too learned and they are too educated and they start to ask you too many questions and you're like, oh my god, just let me do my job. But the thing about Malaysia is that people, most people, uh, people are in, in KL, not that a lot of them are starting to be a lot more educated, but most people especially when they are the elderly, they won't really ask questions. So they follow whatever. You are the doctor, you know. You tell me what to do and I'll do. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It's, it's a different sort of communication and it's a different patient-doctor relationship. Not to say they don't have the authority, they just don't want to have the autonomy. Yeah. Mm. They sort of, they want us to have the autonomy to decide for them, which makes things a little mm. bit different and difficult. But yeah. Yeah. Kind of have to... Yeah, I think it also reflects on the society as a whole yes. how they portray no you know, like how the relationship is different between healthcare professionals and patients because like you said in Malaysia people kind of just kind of just like give like you know they kind of just like listen to whatever you say they never question your decision mm-hmm. whereas like people here they tend to ask why and they say like Oh, I've googled it, and I think it's that. So, can you just give me this? You know, exactly. like they kind of they they yeah they take it upon themselves to do the research, and even though most of the time it's not right, mm. <laughs> and then they just say like I I think I think I have this. So just give me that. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And mm. it it reflects yeah it reflects a lot on the society also, mm. and I think also in Asia people just regard doctors and dentists a lot more highly. Definitely. Is that, yeah, yeah is that a thing? Yes, it is a thing. It is a thing still. Um, which is, to be honest, a little bit unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, but, um, well, it gives us too much autonomy in a sense. And like, um, I mean, not all of us are, I, I, I don't want to bash anyone, but it sometimes feeds into certain healthcare professionals' ego, which also explains uh, why we have such a different working culture here. And I think if you speak to uh, medical doctor counterparts uh, in Malaysia and in the UK, you will find that it's a vastly different uh, working environment. And it's all because of all this, how highly regarded doctors are seen in the community and especially that how it creates a hierarchy as well within the uh, system. Whoever who is more senior gets to have more say and uh, whoever who is more junior just have to, you know, follow the commands. Mm, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm stereotyping for sure. Uh, sorry if I offend anyone, but like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very true though. It's, um, hmm, it's a very known fact. And obviously now that, I don't know if you guys know, there is a um, contract doctor strike kind of thing. 
um, mm, in yeah. going on in Malaysia. It's a code black. But yeah, it's a very sensitive issue. I, I don't really want to talk about mm. it. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a very sad situation that uh, contract mm-hmm. doctors are in, which is very different from what um, the doctors have it in the UK. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. They're studying in like one of the best schools in the whole world, like King's College, <laughs> give you advantage, give you any advantage when you work back home. Like do people look up to you or, or like, you know, give you more respect because just because you're studying overseas that's very interesting mm, that's an interesting <laughs> question <laughs> Lol. Mm-hmm. yeah well definitely yes uh, mm-hmm. okay I yes guess and no <laughs> well a good thing is that kings really uh really drills us on uh our communication and um their training in terms of clinical skills is really tip-top and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And the thing is, when you're outside of Kings, uh, well, it could go a lot of ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> in a sense, most people in Malaysia, when they know I'm from Kings, they're like, oh, why are you here? Why are you not working in the UK? That would be usually the first question that they ask. And then mm-hmm. uh, they will want to know what, how is our education different in the UK? Yeah, and yeah, which I mean, it's it's definitely different in every country. So, uh, in well, for instance, in Malaysia, a lot of Asian countries, a lot of the time, they focus a lot on the medical knowledge and theory of it. And I'm not gonna lie, my um Malaysian grad counterparts are definitely like my my colleagues are definitely, uh, they learned a lot more in terms of medical knowledge than I did. I think. Because I'm not, that's not my strong suit. And yeah, I think in terms of how people perceive us in Malaysia, there are people who will be like, oh, uh, then there must be something, uh, uh, something like you, there must be something more that you studied there. Can you like, can you tell me uh, uh, how would you usually carry, carry out this treatment? There'll be things like that. And obviously I'll try to be humble most of the time. Mm, I think a lot of people will, generally think that you must already be up there they mm-hmm. would have a misperception not misperception they'll just have a judgment higher expectation. yeah a higher expectation as well as a judgment that uh you must be very proud it's like it's yeah so you kind of have to really humble it down sometimes yeah <laughs> and like can effort to be like you know i i want to belong here too so yeah i try <laughs> yeah it's like i i try to not be someone who graduated from king sometimes because it's like it puts a, a little bit of a barrier at, in certain situations uh not always but yeah it can be an advantage when you're looking for jobs obviously <laughs> that's for sure but yeah, yeah. I have been um, really so do they look at when, the, when they hire people do they look at like which uni you graduated from mm. because for pharmacists I don't think they, they look at the uni that much really but maybe for yeah for private I, I think in terms of hiring in private they still do though Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they really, they still do, yeah, in terms of hiring in private, definitely. But I mean, I haven't really gone out to the private practice fully, uh, mm-hmm. um, so I wouldn't know. But then I, defi- I, I definitely think that there would be some sort of advantage in terms of where you graduated from. It's just that mm-hmm. when you are in government practice, um, there will be people who really look at it in a way that, oh, you graduated from here, but you don't know how to do this. Like, um, yeah, yeah, there will definitely be people like that. 
And some people know already know that once you are a UK grad, you are not that great in oral surgery, because what happens is that in oral surgery in uh okay or what I mean by oral surgery is that pulling out teeth and uh, uh doing minor oral surgeries in terms of taking out wisdom teeth that's ca- that kind of thing uh yeah so basically cutting actual cutting because we do, uh, not not all of us do a lot of cutting and the thing about the UK is that uh. Mm, there is a difference in terms of doing an oral maxillofacial surgery specialty. In Malaysia, an oral maxillofacial surgery specialty is just a subspecialty in dentistry where you can further study and do that. But in the Mm. UK, if you want to do that, you need to have a double degree of MBBS and BDS in order to do oral maxillofacial surgery. So what happens is that most of the surgeries will go to the oral surgery only postgraduates in the UK. Does it make sense? Yeah, so there is like oral surgery and there's oral maxillo and facials, maxillofacial mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah. In Malaysia, there's only one. It's combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the UK, it's separated. If you want to do oral mm-hmm. and maxillofacial surgery, you have to have a double degree. But if you want to mm-hmm. do oral surgery, it is a dental subspecialty. So any surgeries in the mouth, uh, would be sent to the oral surgery postgrad to do instead of us. So we don't get that exposure much as undergrads. Mm. Instead, um, people who graduate from Malaysia or most Asian uh, dental schools, Indonesia, India, wherever, they would be doing a lot more because, yeah, it's combined. And it's just a little mm. bit different in terms of that. Yeah, so I have to say, uh, I do think that in the UK dental schools, the oral surgery training is a little bit lacking. I don't know if it's uh, all UK dental schools, but at King's, it's... Um, in terms of surgery, it's a little bit lacking. Uh, my colleagues, my seniors know about it. So when I when I first started working, my boss already knew about it. She's like, "Oh yeah, you graduated from the UK. You must not you must not be very good in like wisdom to like wisdom to surgery." And I'm like, mm, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." So there are things like that. Yeah, but then I mean, you just learn. Yeah. Do they give you a chance to practice then? Mm, yes. After our uh, um, oral surgery attachment, yeah, so we, okay. we need to do a four-week attachment in, in the oral surgery department, oral and maxillofacial surgery department um, as a new graduate, as a yeah, new dentist in, the, in our first year. And yeah. Okay, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, Jolene, um, for spending your time with us. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Two Pills in a Pod. We have a Facebook page now. It's called Two Fists in a Pod. And oh, yeah, and our website www.twofistinapod.com. And um, yeah, listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and rate us and like and subscribe. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>